Thank you, Josue. It's exciting to be part of Mercy Church right now, isn't it? So many great things we're part of. Um, I don't know if you realize it, but half of our church is under the age of 14. Look at that. You guys, look around. That's amazing. I think what just happened when we sent those kids out is actually a beautiful testimony of who we are as a church that we're invested in this generation right now. That is a good sign. Can you, like, celebrate with me? That's a good sign. Look how many young people are growing up in God's good news. That's exciting. Um, because we have some room at the front, I'd love for you to jump up front if you have some extra space. Um, go ahead and fill in if you want to, because there's room. We love having you here. Get close. This is a real-life moment with Jesus. You want to get as close as possible, right? Yeah? Um, well, Tommy and I have been um, part of Mercy Church for 20-plus years, and I'm so grateful to get to share with you today. It's, we're starting a series we just started last week um, entitled Jesus is the Way. It's the like beat of my heart right there. Jesus is the way. And what we're really doing is we're looking at Jesus and saying, is his way relevant to us? Today, like this generation, this year, 2023, is Jesus' way, is God's way relevant to us? Does it work? Is it still alive? Can you look at the, your neighbor next to you and say, is Jesus' way relevant? You know, our culture is asking that question, and um, the media has one interpretation of that. But we here, we get to discover the truth. We're looking after the truth of what God says his way is and how it impacts our lives. And one way we have to look at that question is, do we know his way? Like, do we actually know what God's way is? Because we can't know if it's relevant if we don't know what it is, right? Can't know, can't figure it out. Is God's way going to work for me? I don't know because I've never looked at it before, right? It doesn't... It, you can't get from one step to the other without knowing where you're going. So we're looking at this together in a series. And, you know, today, the thing, the word that I felt like was really significant is, um, is that we have a God who actually has a dream for us. We have a God who dreams. Can you say that to your neighbor, too? Say, we have a God who dreams. Isn't that an amazing word? I, I think about a lot of things that we're facing right now on the Central Coast from young ages to adult ages. And one of the things I've seen in the past five years or so is that it's really hard to dream. And I've seen this in Santa Maria, particularly in a unique way. It's very hard to dream outside of my limitations. It's really challenging to see that I could go beyond what I'm stuck with now. And it keeps coming back to a cycle, whether that's relationship cycles, whether that's poverty or financial struggles, whether that's work, whether that's friendship struggles. There are a whole lot of struggles that we keep getting ourselves back into. Um, and it almost feels like there's just no reason to dream. And I think we really faced this in a big way with our youth recently, especially right now. You know, our youth, our young generation, they went through this thing we call the pandemic. I know it's over, 
overused, overrated. The pandemic hit and our youth began to see, and our adults as well, we began to see that if we dream, it will be canceled. Did anyone feel like that before? If I dream, if I plan, it will be canceled because everything started getting canceled. Everything started being postponed. Everything started being limited. But then it didn't stop after those years that we were wearing masks. It started to feel like every, like every stage of this process in America, in the world, we still kept fighting to believe that we could dream again. And, you know, as a result, we've had lots of anxiety in America, right? You guys are facing this at your workplace too, right? I walked around. I, I work at this really beautiful place called Mesa Middle School. Um, and I get to work with the coolest junior hires, the ones that um, most people have a hard time hanging out with. They're my favorite. Um, but I also get to walk around the rest of the campus, look around. And I looked around this week. And I watched as, as students were acting out in their normal, like, everyday life. But I saw things that I think were spiritual things. And maybe you've seen them around you in your workplaces or in the youth that you run into. There were things that you could see people were hurting. There was, like, life stuff going on in their lives, whether that was sickness at home, whether that was hard relationships at home, whether that was abuse or whether that was um, just trying to figure out their own identity. I walked through the campus in pockets and pockets and pockets full of people, not only the students, but the staff were facing a, a real conflict in their dreams. And they were facing like this grief in this morning. And I felt like as I prepared for this, I felt like God kept saying, look around you. People are suffering because they don't believe in a dream anymore. But I have a dream. God has a dream. He is a dreamer. And you know how we know? Because we can see it in the word of God. We can see him impart his dream from the very beginning of the word of God in the Bible all the way through the story. Um, so today I want to ask you, does God, do you believe God has a dream for you? What do you think? Yeah? I'm hearing it. Yes, I love that. That's a good quick answer. Um, does he have a dream for me? Does he have a dream for the world? If he has dreams, then why aren't they fulfilled? We're going to talk a little bit about that today, scratch the surface. And what, I'm, what, what I believe is that God wants to, to bring us all one step closer to seeing his dreams here on earth fulfilled. How does that sound? All right, let's pray, and then I'm going to keep on going. Jesus, we know that you are God in this world and in this age. God, we trust that you have a word for us today to equip us and strengthen us and help us have faith and help us grow in our belief and our dreams again. And Lord, we ask that we would hear your voice today and be moved closer into you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I, I want to share just a little bit about my, my life. Uh, it's, it's a moment that um, I feel like, you know, when you, you know, I'm here in front of you and you guys have seen me maybe for years or maybe this is the first time we've met. And welcome if it is. I'm so glad you're here. But I want you to know a little bit about me. I'm Joy. My husband is Tommy. There's a good start. But, you know, one of the things that I grew up 
in is dreaming. Like I've talked about, I loved dreaming. I loved sitting on the um, driveway of my house. I lived in Orange County, so it was warmer at night than it is in the Central Coast. And I would just sit outside in the driveway and stare at the stars. Anyone love that? Anyone with me on dreaming like this? I would just sit there and I would dream and I would ask the Lord for things and I would start thinking about my future. I'd start thinking about what God wanted. I'd start thinking of all the incredible buildings I wanted to build. I wanted to be an architect at one point. I wanted to, um, you know, I wanted to reach people that were unreached. I wanted to do things that were impossible. I was a dreamer as a teen. I just wanted to be myself, though. I wanted to be someone unique that nobody could fit in a box. Anybody like me? You can't pigeonhole me. I'm me. God made me me. And I would remember just sitting there and just staring and having conversations in my head or believing things and hoping for things that were, that were really like kind of outside the realm of my capacity. And I remember talking to the Lord about them. And he started shifting my dreams into just taking one step at a time towards getting closer to him. Um, but what I've started to realize is that spirit that, is, that was in me then is still in me now. I'm still a dreamer. I have all sorts of great ideas and dreams, and I look forward to seeing them not just with my life, but with mercy, with my children. I'm always dreaming. But that spirit of dreaming is actually put into each one of us. You know, like if you just touch your heart and like look inside what's going on inside you, there is a dream inside you. And some of us have faced these dreams and been disappointed and disillusioned and struggled so much that it's hard to believe we could dream again. But it doesn't mean it's not there. The DNA inside you is designed by God because he himself is a dreamer. He himself has a dream and imparted into you, into your very spirit, into your very soul, the ability to dream and hope. And, you know, if you fought for that or if you faced the things that I've said already, anxiety, despair, sickness, I mean, some of us are going through the hardest times in our life. Some of us are going through some victories too, but when you're facing the hardest times, it's hard to keep on dreaming. But that's when we got to come in to listen to what God says about it, not just face the circumstances. Um, so let's look at what God says about that dream. Um, let's look about what his dream is. The first step, if you want to uncover dreaming, if you want to start to believe again, is to recognize we have a God who dreams. Um, and the best place to learn to look at what God's dream is, is actually straight in the Bible. It's all his words. It's his ideas that he passed on from generation to generation so that we could know God's words. And in Ephesians 1, we're going to look in the Old Testament and the New Testament about what God's dream is. Ephesians 1, it says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He chose us before the creation of the world to be holy 
and blameless in his sight. That sounds like a dream. Like, like I'm not there yet, Lord. Um, in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Now, this is packed full of God's dream right here. If you read this and, and it looks and feels like just a bunch of words, then we have to dissect it just a little bit. I'm not going to go too deep. We could spend like a month just on this passage right here. But I want to introduce this idea that God's dream for you was always that you would live with him. Simple. He had designed you to live with him. Wow, that's God's dream? It's that simple? He wants you to live with him. He wants to live with you. He actually, um, it's, a, it's an interesting idea too because a lot of us have this idea of who God is, that he's kind of this heavy-handed, disciplinary, um, heavy stepfather, like, oh my gosh, it's intense to, to come near him. It's scary. But God's word about what he wanted us to experience was sonship, and love, that he actually saw us ahead of time and was like, I want you. I'm planning for you. I'm believing for you. I chose you. He looked around and he chose you. Now, whether or not you have made that decision to follow after him, he was always had his eyes on you. He always wanted you. And this is what he chose you for. He chose you to be blessed in the heavenly realms with every blessing. Now, that's abundant. That is God's view of his dream right here on earth. That's what, he, that's what he meant by my kingdom come, your kingdom come. When we pray that, we're praying that we get what God has in his heart for us. Um, so we also see it in the Old Testament. From the very beginning of creation, uh, God had in mind his dream right? He, he formed this beautiful work of art, this beautiful experience, this beautiful productive life, and he put man right in the middle of it, and he had this great idea. In Genesis 3, verse 8 and 9, it says, the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Right there, it tells us this is what God's idea was. He would walk with man in the cool of the day. Could you imagine getting to walk with God? Just like that, in the cool of the day. Tommy and I often talk about it. We love to walk with God in the morning, like way before anybody else wakes up, because it's the cool of the day and nobody else is talking to us. We just get Jesus. It's amazing. Um, but, you know, this, is, this was God's heart for us originally, is that we would walk with him. And Adam and Eve heard the sound. They knew what God sounded like when he was in the garden. They knew it. They were close to him. But that verse goes on because it's right after the moment, the decisions they made to give up on that dream. They gave up on a dream deciding their dream might be better than God's. And they made a decision to listen to lies instead of God's truth. They said, oh, the fruit of the tree of good and evil, that looks great. It looks good. It looks like what should be good for me. I'm going to eat it. And what God said was, that's not good for you. It will kill you. So they like fully flipped what they thought was good and what God thought was good and decided what they thought was good was better. And what happened? Well, when they heard God, 
It says in verse 3, 8, and 9, it says, They hid from the Lord in the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called to man, Where are you? And God was still after his dream. He wanted to live with man. So what we see in the Old Testament and the New Testament from the beginning of creation and after Jesus came to earth was that God dreams life with you. Can you just say that? God's dream is life with me. Wouldn't that change your perspective? God's dreaming of life with me and you. Um, if you can look at that and, and, uh, and hope with me that there is a way we can really enter into that dream, you will get closer and closer. But how do we do that? What would it look like in your life if you were walking with God regularly, like all day long? Hopefully some of you have tasted that. Hopefully you're on that journey. But, you know, if you've got to ask the questions, What would it look like if I'm really walking with God? What kind of decisions will I make? What kind of dreams will I dream? Have I dreamed dreams that I think are more important than walking with him? That's a scary thought, but it's real. We we really do that a lot. My dreams are more important than walking with God, and we, we forget and kind of slide past, well, if I do that... He won't mind too much. If I do this, he won't mind. If I watch that, if I follow this desire, God won't mind too much. He'll still talk to me in the morning. But are we really walking through it with him? You know, and this is here my lit- litmus test. So I'm married. I've been married for 20 years, right? 20 and a half. It's been amazing. Um, but I'll tell you, my litmus test in my relationship with my husband is can I talk to him? Because I like to shut down, yes? It's like my nature. I'm like, oh, I won't say anything about that because it's uncomfortable. Uh, So if I feel that in my heart, then I know that there's something wrong. That's by talk. But I also do that with Jesus. We also do that with Jesus. Oh, I don't want to talk to that to God about that one. Like, let's, let's leave that over there. I like that dream, so I'm not going to talk to Jesus about that one. Are you hearing me? Am I the only one? Um, if we can have these conversations with God, what conversations are we willing to have with him that are hard? You know, if you're walking with God, you're willing to have hard conversations with him and willing to go deep. Um, So ultimately, what we see is that we've been separated from God's dream, right? Because there are things in our life that are not put together the way God wanted us to be. And so if we're separated from him, how do we get back to his beautiful dream for our lives? Um, And this is where Jeremiah 29 comes in. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And then you will call on me and you will come to me and you will pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from captivity. Whatever you're bound to, he can bring you out of. There's nothing too hard for the hand of God. 
And I will gather you from all the places that you don't want to be. I'll gather you from all the nations where I've banished you, and I will bring you back to the place which I carried you from exile. He will bring us back. And what does it take? It takes us calling on him. It's really simple. He gave us a very simple answer. If you want the plans I have for you, just holler. Call me. Call me and come to me with your whole heart. That is our first step, is one, see that his dream does not match ours, and then call on him and ask to find him again. So our first step is to believe God's dream and then to lean into it, to yield to it. And this, the real question is, am I humble enough to yield to God's way and his dreams? Can you just say that to yourself? Am I humble enough to yield to God's way and God's dreams? It's a big question. And if you're interested in going a little farther, there's a second step you can take. And it's really simple. It's, um, it's really just to look for an action of what to do. And when we learn the way of God's dream by drawing near and learning to pray, we are beginning to communicate with God. And we begin to listen and come into his understanding. The second step of growing closer into God's dream is learning to pray to actually develop a relationship with him. That is what prayer is, is when you walk in relationship with God and you talk to him and you open your heart to hear what he has to say. Are you willing to listen to God when you talk to him? Like, like I said, if I have a litmus test of what I'm willing to talk to my husband about, what I'm willing to talk to God about, the same test is true of what I'm willing to listen Am I willing to hear what God says? And that's what prayer is, is it's both ways communicating. Um, And in James 5, verse 13 to 16, it says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Do we have trouble, guys? Let them pray. Okay. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them, anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you'll be healed. And here's the the sinker. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. This is the prayer that God has given us. He made us people that are able to pray like this, that when we pray, God listens, because he gave us that direct relationship with Jesus Christ to be righteous. We are his righteousness. What did that first verse say? It said that we are adopted as sons. So we are already in that right relationship with Jesus Christ. So we are already looking like righteousness to God. I know that'll blow your mind if you sit and think about it a minute. But I want you to actually hear this in a different way too. So I was reading a a devotional on prayer and this quote came out to me. When you have a low opinion of yourself, 
It's because you don't know God's true opinion of you. You are very valuable to God. Therefore, live and pray accordingly. If you can recognize that God's already called you son, God's already called you daughter, God's already called you his, he has already said, my delight is in you. I like you the best. I want you the most. You're my favorite. God has all sorts of favorites. You're all his favorite. Um, When I talk to my kids, I have, uh, when they want something from me, I'm usually like ready to listen. I love them. I think they're the coolest people in the world and I want to give them the best stuff. I think God's more like that than the heavy-handed stepfather who's, who's neglecting us. Yes? It's real. If you've, if you've felt the other way, God's trying to give you a new picture today because God actually values you and he sees you as a person who is righteous in Jesus Christ. And when you pray, he will listen. When you pray, it is powerful. And when you develop a prayer life that says, I believe I'm valuable to God, you will pray different. You will walk different. You will come to God talking to him freely and in agreement with what he says. And that is one of the most incredible gifts of your life that you can walk through. If you want to grow in one area in your life to grow into dreams, grow in prayer. Grow in your confidence in your prayer life. Um, okay, the third step, this is, this is our last step, but it's where we get real active, okay? So I, I'm an active kind of person. My, my family teases me because I don't sit down very often, Hardly at all. Um, but I really like action. I want to be in action all the time. Not just like physically, but actually like my spirit is happy when I'm moving. And, um, and I keep looking for ways to help my body move, like new ways where I'm not achy and pains and all those things. Um, or looking to help my kids grow in their athleticism and learn to strengthen their body. It's called training, right? Physical training. Um, what we do in our life with God is similar. So ask yourself, do I live in God's way and in his dream? What changes would I make to get closer to him? That's, that's how you find what actions you need to take. Do I live in God's way in his dream? Is there something not working correctly in my spiritual life? If there's something I can identify, what do I do about it? What changes would I make to get closer to him? And this is where I kind of think of physical therapy or physical training, is if there's something wrong, you can do something to address it. That's how I see things. Is that simple? Is that simple? Um, So our third step is to invest in the dreams of God by investing in practices Many of these are small habits or specific things that direct the course of your life. Now, we can talk about it in, like, leadership sense and talk about atomic habits. Have you heard that book? Um, You can talk about it in physical training sense and talk about um, functional patterns. These are different terms that people give to learning new skills to help grow healthy habits. In all these areas, we have to set foundational strength to build healthy movements and healthy lifestyles and activities. That was a mouthful, you guys. But what I'm trying to help you see is that 
even spiritually, even in your walk with God, there are simple things that you can do, simple steps to make your spiritual life a healthy um, walk with God, a healthy lifestyle. And when you invest in them is, is when you're training. So I think Aaliyah said it a while, a couple weeks ago. She said, the things that you lean into when you're in the hardest times are the very best training of your life. It's like where you find your strength is back into your training. So what training are we giving ourselves spiritually? Um, uh, let me read a verse, and then we'll go on. Um, in Ezekiel, this is my, my uh, spiritual picture of physical therapy, okay? I think you got to go there with me. Will you, will you come with me on this physical therapy, spiritual life journey right now? Spiritual physical therapy. Um, it says this. This is God's picture to Ezekiel. He says, the hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of God and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. And I'll tell you, this week I have felt the valley. Like I'm looking around, and there's sickness, and there's death, and there's dysfunction, and there's struggle. And, and there, this valley was full of bones. It was full of death. And he led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the, on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I was like, I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Um, I can only imagine that would be my response. Like, why are you asking me that question, God? Only you know. Only you know. But he said to me, God said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you, and I will make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin, and I will put breath in you, and you will come to life, and then you will know that I am the Lord. And here is this spiritual physical therapy. God speaks to that which is dead, if you're looking at things in your life that feel dead or feel like grief and sorrow and pain, if you're looking at things and you're going, Lord, I don't know if we can come back from this, then you need, it's time to ask the Lord, can these bones live? And only he knows. But when he comes, he comes with the word of God, and that word of God trains those bones, and speaks life one step at a time over those bones. And those bones come back to life. And that is all it takes, is it takes one step at a time. And you might feel like, Lord, I'm just dry bones right now. My life and my family, we're like dry bones, God. How do we get beyond this? And he says, prophesy, speak. Start with speaking. Start with training your mouth to speak life. And as you speak life, let's just start with one thing. Let's get those tendons back together. And he just starts to tie things together. And then he says, okay, let's get some muscle on. And he says, let's put the muscle on. So what do you do with muscle? you got to strengthen it, right? you got to put foundation into the muscle of strength. And then he says, then we'll go on and we'll put skin on those bones. We'll cover you and make you look good too. But then I will breathe my life. 
And that is, that is the step-by-step -step of what it takes to be trained with God. Train your spirit to prophesy over your life. But then, really, it's like this picture of, of taking steps to invest in him. Invest in God and believe God and trust God's word. And one of the best things you can do is just start to implement small practices, small things to direct your whole life. So if you build on those small practices, those simple, strong foundations, you will direct your life to God's dreams. And that's where God has us, is let's train, let's discipline ourselves to take one step at a time, pour out the word of God over our lives, and speak into, like, going forward and dreaming with God. He has a plan to bring bones back to life. He has building growth, strong foundations, and, and really putting us back together one step at a time. So what direction and transformation do we have in store for us? Well, it looks like this final scripture. It's Isaiah 61. Now, if you can picture the valley of bones being transformed completely, this is the picture that God has for us. It says, Isaiah 61, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. That's great. Let's start there. I think there's a lot of poverty in our area. God would like to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Thank you, Jesus. We need that. He has sent us to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance for our God. To all who, to all who mourn, there is comfort. And provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them the crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. That is a picture of God's promise, that we are really transformed from a desperate, grieving state of life, a brokenhearted spirit, um, the things that we're facing as a community, the things that we're facing in this generation. God's word is, dry bones can live, and they will live in my favor. And so... Our, our next step is really to believe God's dream and to pattern our lives after his dream, believing that God can foundationally strengthen us, foundationally move us, and become people that bring God's favor. We can actually see a city transformed. Does that sound good? Um, well, I believe God wants to actually give us steps in this today. So if I could just have you stand up with me as we, as we close. I think God wants to give each one of us a step, just a step towards dreaming his transformation, hope, dream. He has a transformation of life for us. He has a, a 
glorious favor for us. He has so much. And so whatever we face right now, I believe God wants to give you a step. You know, just a step. If, if there's anything you get today is one step closer to the dream of God, we're doing good. That's where we want to be. So I want to invite you up, actually, if you'd like to get one step closer to God, if you'd like to get one step closer to dreaming with him, why don't you come forward? God has some really powerful dreams for this people, for this church, but for each one of you. We grow as a people, but he also grows us as individuals. Your story is so beautiful as you walk into God's dream. And today, he says, let's go. Let's go. Let's get closer. So while you're up here, let's just pray. Let's yield to God's dream, first of all. Why don't you open your hands, close your eyes, and just say, Lord, I believe your dream. I believe you have a dream. God, I might even, I, I need to confess that I've been discouraged that your dream is not real anymore. I've, I've been disillusioned by disappointment. I felt disappointment and discouragement, God. But I believe in your dream again. I choose to believe in your dream. Jesus, we trust you. We ask for a fresh start in dreaming with you again. Lord, let your spirit fall on us. Let us experience you again. And why don't you just where you are, just say, God, I yield. It's the hardest thing to be humble, but God, I yield. I choose to humble myself and my dream. And I choose, God, to listen to you, to believe you again, to trust your dream for my life. I trust you, God. I trust you. And some of us need to, to make decisions today about what kind of training we're going to put ourselves under. What kind of practices are we going to live out? And, and, you know, while you're up here, just say it. Lord, I am choosing today to change my practices. I want to do something a little different and get closer to following after you. I want to make my lifestyle shift to following you again, Lord. Lord, we believe in you. I see in front of me a people who are willing to dream with God. That is an amazing picture. This is an amazing picture. If you're willing to dream with God, we can change. This small group of people can change the community around us. So just put your hand on your heart and say, I believe, Jesus. I believe you, Jesus. I believe in your dream, Lord. I trust you again. That might be hard to say, but say it. Say, I trust you again that your dream is good for my life.
I'm ready to go, Lord. I'm ready to go.